0: welcome everyone come on in so I guess you can tell by the sound of my voice that I am under the weather I caught a cold we've all some seemingly have had colds like very sporadically among us it's been you know one day it's my little baby then the next day it's my oldest daughter then it's my middle daughter and then it's my husband and then it's me and then the cycle continues we're just almost like a cesspool of um colds right now but you know what it's not that bad usually by this time of the year i expect to be sick i'm usually sick like twice a year that usually falls anywhere between march and april and then I get sick right around August, September. Don't know why. I mean, it's probably where we are here in Georgia. The weather's a crazy transitional. Therefore, <laughs> I find myself sick at very odd times of the year. Anywho, here we are doing the pod. So, um, I guess uh, we can talk a little bit about my week. <clears throat> I've been kind of a little bit on the down. I've been very lethargic, just like I haven't had any energy or like I haven't been in the mood to do anything. I found myself a little bit on the myself a little bit more darked out in the last week and a half for whatever reason. I don't know if it's like hormonal, just kind of peaking at that like six months postpartum. So I like darked myself out for like a week. I was just like disassociated (laughs) from everything and everyone. Um, you know my external factors were pretty good I I didn't have anything causing it to be quite frank I mean there's like a couple of things here and there that are like uncomfortable or you know trying to figure out how I want to like deal with certain situations and certain people but outside of that you know try not to let it take up or occupy too much space I'm just like trying to focus on mine me and mine Anyway, yeah, I was kind of, like, darked out a little bit, <laughs> I guess, darked out, was so kind of just really cocooned and just, like, bleh. Um but finally seeing the light a little bit, or have I just been taking my vitamin D again? Who knows? I just know I've been taking my medicine again, my vitamin D, I've been taking my, like, greens, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better, because I was having these, like, strange dizzy spells, as of like, maybe like two weeks ago, I I thought it was vertigo, but I didn't have like an ear infection or anything associated with my ear. So I was like, why am I just like about to like collapse at any given moment? Um, like really bad. Um, and then I remembered, um, that can happen when you're like exhausted from like, and I obviously am exhausted, not obviously, but I am exhausted. I am a feeding cow uh currently so because of that I just I don't think I'm replenishing as much as I should be so yeah so it's just kind of things have just been feeling kind of like that around the clock and I like almost collapsed on my way to my like middle child's birthday and um uh, <clears throat> uh yeah I almost collapsed just like just couldn't find my balance. Uh and then I realized well maybe I'm just dehydrated. And then I, I, you know, started drinking some water. But usually when you drink water, it's not enough. You need more when you're at that point. So recently um got some B vitamins and that's really helped boost my mood, kind of elevate my energy and uh the dizziness has slightly disappeared, if not almost completely. I, I haven't noticed this since I started taking the B vitamins. But again, it's it's kind of just like a natural state of being a normal state of being. I just haven't um, been looking after myself because I've been looking after everybody else. So So, yeah, and I have, like, a doctor's appointment coming up to do my annual checkup, check my levels, check my blood, just to make, you know, just do, like, regular housework, you know, and hopefully I'll know if my dizziness is coming from somewhere else, if I'm, like, super depleted in a certain vitamin, or it's just from exhaustion and I need rest, but it's like, yeah, you know, the recipe's already out there for you to get better, right? It's just, like, you have to implement it, you have to apply it, and... Lord knows application isn't necessarily my thing, um, for those of you who know me. <laughs> like I have all these great ideas, but then I um, think about every possible way in which it could fail, and then if the failing is far greater than like the outcome, then I just stop. Just like that. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get on to the episode. Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Vichola. All right, everyone, this is episode five of Winning Time. We are halfway through the season, pretty much. Oh, um, Antonio isn't here today with us. Crazy week, so it's going to be a solo pod today. So we open up with a cold open, as usual. At least for the last five episodes, it's been cold open. And we open with Lewis converting to Islam. And as you most know, who have been watching the Lakers for a long time, it's Dynasty. um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his original name is Lewis. I didn't get the rest, nor did I look it up. My bad. However, we open up the scene to um, Mr. Lewis converting to Islam, and we are learning about his motivation as to what made him convert and change his name. So we're watching him observe the news, observe like police brutality, police killings, and... We also learn that his father is also a police officer and he struggles with his own father being a police officer, but also being part of an institution that is historically meant to criminalize and murder black lives. So, <clears throat> black and brown lives. So, you know, you, we see him struggling with seeing him as his father as the person that he looked up to but also watching his father be part of an inherently racist institution. And I think that kind of talks a lot with what a lot of people struggle today. You know, a lot of people I've found and, you know, conversed with, they struggle with, you know, participating in the institution that is like policing and military. But they're like, as individual people, they're like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a try to be a good person, uh, but when you participate in these institutions, it, you know, there's, it's really hard to clean it or you know make it better when when it's f- the foundation it's based on, murdering and patrolling and criminalizing Black and Brown lives. So it's a struggle, and we're watching Kareem experiences at this time which was one of the indicate you know what which, which was one of the things that pushed him from his christian life into uh, islam um so i think if i remember correctly in this specific scene we're watching him observe the the news and we're you know these flashbacks of Emmett hill flashbacks of uh, Fred Hampton, and Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X, they're all just being every black man that try, has tried to unify the country, um, especially unified through classes, or anyone, any black man who's tried to unify, trying to liberate black Americans, they find themselves murdered by the government. Or the institutions at hand. So we see that playing a huge part in his motivation for why he wants to be seen. Why he wants to make a difference. And so that plays out a lot throughout this episode. And so then, once we see him convert as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. One last thing. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar means noble servant of the powerful one. So... We'll see this play out as his motivation and his struggle in the early stages of um, during his time as a Laker. So we see him, and he is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so th- the scene after, r- after this, the scene right after that, right? We're like watching Kareem convert, and all these the struggles of him as a black man in the late 1970s. And the next clip is, the next scene is literally <laughs> Dr. Bus in a dance room screaming at the teacher because he's looking for dancers, not ballerinas. And now all of his binder full of women are presented to him and they don't look anything like what he envisioned. This isn't showtime. These are ballerinas. These are uptight, tight-bunned can-can girls, <laughs> so you know, Rockettes. He's looking for a striptease. <clears throat> so, Bus and homie divorce. Oh, right. So, after the ballerinas, the next scene we have is Bus and his homie. He, his partner, he was the guy that basically was with him in Las Vegas when he was trying to get Jerry Tarkanian on board. He's kind of like his um, secret or silent partner. He discovers that bus ends up transferred over the rights of the team over to his ex-wife, Joanne. So Joanne is now owner of the Lakers uh, publicly, where bus and his homie are silent partners so obviously homie isn't down for this he's like how could you do this to me you did this on the low you didn't trust me like you're supposed to trust me so basically they're divorcing as far as I'm concerned it's it's over between them homie is gone he's like how could you do this to me I trusted you I loved you and that's a wrap on that for now so uh, soon after that, the next scene is we're with Coach McKinney and Magic in the gym. And Coach McKinney is basically talking to Magic and he's telling him like, hey, w- when are you going to step up? I thought, I thought that you were going to, I thought that you were going to show up for me. I thought that you were going to be the man I needed you to be. I, 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 was, I really thought. You were going to step up. We need somebody to be the leader since Kareem has decided to just sit on the sidelines. He's unconcerned with truly guiding this team as a captain. What about you? I'm really disappointed. I kind of thought you're kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, you can ball, but like, can you lead? And Magic's like, what? What? me you want me to lead and coach mckinney's like yeah i mean kareem was kind of like yeah i'd be fine if he's gonna step up we really need someone to step up so he's like planting a little seed and (laughs) magic's like totally eating up all of these crumbs he's like oh if if kareem wants me to step up and like show that i could be a leader like yeah for sure which is like big rookie mistake right if kareem isn't saying it to you why would he sell it to coach so that coach can tell you? So he's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll I'll step up. I'll be I'll 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 show up, I'll show out, I'll, I'll show how I can lead. <clears throat> and this whole time I'm kind of like, Why is he so goofy? Kareem didn't say that. Can't you see right through this magic? Oh, so annoying, like so in the next scene, we're back in the gym. And we have McKinney and it's practice and Jerry's there and everybody's there. And all I can see in this scene is that McKinney is successing. He's in a state of succession. He's looking for like who's gonna lead, who's next? He has to take over. He's kind of a little Logan rowing as far as I'm concerned. or wh- wh- what should we call it? Loganing? He's loganing excuse me and Jerry west shows up and he's like he's gone fishing almost almost literally he comes in in like a skipper hat and they all have like fish hooks and he comes in with like a fishing vest and he's just like mckinney mckinney i'm just like what is happening right now this is There's a lot of chaos happening. Like, we got fishes, we have logging. It's the end of practice. Uh, It's time to move on. Okay, so the next scene is opening night. And here comes in, uh, ah, the god, Pat Riley. And he's talking to Chick. And he's given Chick, like, suggestions of, 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 segments that he calls pat's pointers and you know because he's coming in with a basketball perspective of as a player and so he's coming in as a player he can really get inside the game and be able to like tell the tell the audience and the people at the viewers at home oh what's happening and chick literally does the most demeaning thing these white men do And he just completely dismisses Pat. And he looks at Pat and he goes, Pat, look at my hand. What's it doing? And Pat's looking at us and then looks at him and he goes, your hand is in the shape of a fist. He goes, exactly. When it's in the shape of a fist, you stop talking. When it's open, you can talk. And I'm just like, why are you the worst You are the worst. And honestly, like looking at this show as far as like, you know, period piece, I'm just thinking like, man, it just, it must have been so great and also just so awful to be loving around that time, especially around these kinds of people when you're trying to do something really good and you have these brittle ass people, these Stonehenge's, if you will, I mean, nothing against Stonehenge, but just these like just like people who don't want to just move in they just believe that the world is just so linear and you know already written in stone and like unable to change and unable to grow and expand and you know they just really hold people back Chick is really out here I just I can't wait to I can't wait for the episode where Chick is gone truly cannot wait for the episode where chick is gone hopefully he is gone because i don't know who the fuck chick is but all i know is that i want him gone in 2021 i want chicken into 79 yeah i said it so then we move on from so the next scene following opening night a couple of other things happen but then we find ourselves in the locker room again and i just wrote more important things Whew, that's a vet and then I wrote boo and then, okay, why the boo? And then we learn about more further along about Kareem's motivation. And I got to say, guys, this episode was pretty interesting because it was very Kareem heavy. I I almost just, I actually just stopped taking notes after halfway through the episode. I just felt like I needed to honor this episode <laughs> In such a weird way, like I was, I was really looking for the comedic angle, but learning about Kareem's motivation, I I found myself really moved. When Kareem is on the scene right prior to this episode, the first five episodes, he's very like morose. He does doesn't want to be a part of the team. He doesn't really care. He's there to make the sh- to you know. He's very exact about how many points he's gonna make, how many passes he's gonna like. He's gonna make ten passes and he's gonna make thirty points. And they're going to win, and they're going to move on. So he seems really checked out from the game. And, you know, he talks about how that's really connected to his connection to God in a way. And he felt like he feels really disconnected, as in he has no purpose, because he wanted to play ball to also make a difference in the world and represent black men differently and represent a voice for the killings that are happening the civil rights movements that are happening or had happened and you know I don't know if you ever found yourself lost in motivation you almost where you feel like you're losing your religion in some way and I, I thought it was truly humbling his arc in this episode because he went from wanting to play from like a place of anger he really wanted to just make a big bold statement which he did at the very beginning but now that we were kind of coming into the 80s and so the beautiful disco era of the world he found himself a little disconnected from this new world we were coming into so kareem finds a local mosque and he has a conversation with the iman, and he's basically saying that he feels truly disconnected from god and that maybe god has lost his grace over him and that's making him play terribly in a sense where he has no motivation to represent anything he's just like putting a ball in a hoop what's the point of any of it if i'm not representing the disenfranchised if i'm not representing what we all fought for which was the freedom of black lives and so the iman asked him to ask himself if god has really left him or if he just is now on in kind of a new place where now he has to lead in his own life alongside god in a way and that truly, and that God has never left him, but just has allowed him to find his own voice in a sense. So then, Kareem's like, "Can I?" So can I like pray with you guys? <laughs> and so you know, we see him reignited a little bit more to have found community. So then, we move into Genie. And I believe it's Paula Abdul (laughs) and who's like the head dancer for the Lakers and they're basically doing the kind of dance, striptease, jazz hands, you know, um, a tease, a sexual but still classical for this time period. So it's like, you know uh sensational for tv but but still within the parameters of being pretty tasteful so uh once we move after that uh, so once we move from from that from that scene we have we see dr bus who's clearly struggling with his own reasonings as to why he's constantly buying real estate turning them and selling them like nothing that he's purchased has stuck with him and he's really looking at this team and he wants it to really succeed. He wants it to win. He doesn't want to lose this. And so (laughs) one scene where we're in the bar and he's basically meets all of the women, all of the dancers that Jeannie has gotten together and everything's great. He's excited. And then you can really see how he feels almost like Dead behind the eyes. He's excited, but it's th- there's no dopamine rush. He's trying to understand why there's no dopamine. Why? Why isn't? Why hasn't it hit yet? And he looks over to the counter and he sees that like the bartender lift of like uh, the bartender bar lift is like uneven. Doesn't like even out with the bar. And he goes and there's a moment <laughs> where he's just slamming it. Every which angle you could possibly see. And then he walks away. And everyone's just like, what? I thought this was what you wanted. So he's also going through his, you know, reasons to live, reason to buy. So it's opening night at the forum. The dancers are ready to go. Dr. Bus is ready to go. Genie's ready to go. Magic is ready to go kareem is ready to go and dr bus's mom is not janie's on her way to go pick up her grandmother and when she gets there she realizes her grandmother is having an episode her grandmother don't know what day it is she's sweaty she's in like a silk kimono so she grandmother goes i'm not going to that your dad can fail on his own i want nothing to do with it so then you know janie goes back Dr. Buzz is excited. Kareem, you basically see the light in his eyes. Magic comes in and talks to him and he goes, hey, Kareem, like, are you ready? Like, are you ready for the game? Like, it's, it's, it's go time. And you see Kareem light up and just decide, like, it's time to play streetball. So basically they're going out there, they're going to win. And Dr. Buzz looks over behind him and he looks at Jeannie and he's like, hey, Jeannie Bean. And then there's like a glimpse of Kobe, Kobe Bean, is in this episode and he looks over he goes hey where's mom you're and she was like oh she's not feeling well and you know clearly he's kind of like yeah yeah okay mom's not feeling well great cool not I'm not gonna go cry anywhere I'm just gonna hang here and be so excited after that winning game everyone's like on a high everyone's you know um we have little clips of everyone just like kind of relaxing doing what they're supposed to do and we see McKinney. And McKinney is like needs to take time off. And his wife is saying, you know, I really would love for you to sit this one out. It's Sunday. Take a rest. It's been bas- it's been nonstop basketball. Why don't you just sit this one out? Relax. Why don't you go golfing? Go golfing with Jason Siegel. With Paul Westhead. And he's kind of like, yeah, I guess you're right. Why not? So he goes ahead and calls Paul. And then, you know, his wife's like, all right, well, I got the card today. So I'll see you later. And, you know, he waits till she leaves, pulls out all the basketball stuff out, all the stats, what's going on in the newspaper. And then he decided, you know what? I am going to go play. You know, I'm just going to go play some golf. Like, I deserve time off. So McKinney is like this fit ass dude who is a runner he's a cyclist uh, who else, Who knows what else he can do he can probably do like the vault he can do gymnastics who knows so he gets on his bike and he's like riding and we're just like you're you can kind of feel the impending doom coming on you're just like oh no what's happening what's happening what's gonna happen and then the moment you think happens doesn't happen and it looks like he's gonna get hit by a car because the car is the, the guy's like distracted and he's going down a hill. You think the guy's gonna run a stop sign while McKinney is like going full speed down the hill on his cycle. And then um, McKinney doesn't respect the stop sign, he just flies right through it and the guy stops. And then you're just like, oh, Ooh, okay, that was close, like, he's, he's gonna make it, he's gonna get to the, that's like, they're really fucking with their feelings, right, and then it happens, his brakes clip out or fall out of place, and he basically does a hard stop and flies over his bike and scrapes his face, cracks his skull, and as far as I'm concerned, Rikuni is dead, Or so we think. I don't know. You know, I I tried not to look too much into the story just to allow myself to enjoy it as it's presented. You know, I don't think this is all the way true. But yes, McKinney does get into a bicycle accident. doesn't say that that's how he died. But in this episode, I think this is how he dies. I think this is how, I think this is his way out. So yeah, guys, that's the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. It's a quick one this time. I think it's a quick one. Anywho, uh, we'll be back with episode six. Antonia will be joining us for episode six. And hopefully I will not be sick. And, uh, and better, more energetic spirit. And I'll definitely be more prepared. Anyway, I love you guys. What? Anywho, thanks for tuning in.